and hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to our MMA combat close out the sports week episode. Quite a eventful UFC pay per view last weekend, so you know we're definitely going to touch on that. Probably most of the show because it was a hell of a card. Some upsets, some controversy. But before we get into the show, head over to Twitter, follow us there at ST Sports Podcast. Follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports, as well as head over to Facebook and like and share our page there. Head over to YouTube as well and subscribe to our channel there. I know I keep saying it, but I'm going to eventually get all the videos up to date on there. So, And you can also find us on Pandora now. Uh, I believe we've been on Pandora now for about three weeks um, on top of iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all those other ones. But... Hey, if you're at the gym or, or you know some party, or whatever you put Pandora on, you can listen to us here at State Two and Sports. So, like I said, last week was UFC two two forty four Masvidal versus Diaz, and uh, me personally, I think the the fight card lived up to what we expected it to. Um, you know, obviously some controversy with the Masvidal fight being stopped by a doctor because of Diaz's uh, cut above his eye. I'll get into that and a little Diaz news as well. Um, got to see a dead body with Kevin Lee destroying Jalipsy. I mean, that that was a hell of a head kick that he, he landed there. But, you know, I mean, each, each fight was a... Good fight. Um, like I said, the, the main card started off with Kevin Lee versus Gregor Jalipsy. And I know I gave Kevin Lee a lot of shit saying that I think he's done. He just looked lost when he moved up to 170. Now moving back down 155. But the one thing I forgot was that he is training now with George St. Pierre at TriStar. And I'll tell you what, it, it definitely was the right move. Because he he looked he looked back like he wanted to be back into it, and he seemed humble too. Because even after the fight, when Joe Rogan was interviewing him, he flat out said, "He goes, you know, I don't want a title shot yet. You know, I want to get a couple more fights underneath my belt, then start worrying about it." And with this fight, I I picked uh, Gregor to beat Kevin Lee. Boy, was I wrong, though. I mean, everybody seemed... Not everybody. A lot of people did pick Gregor to beat Kevin Lee. Um, I, I would assume probably because of his past couple performances. But he definitely opened some eyes back up with the win of how he won, I should say, too. The one little, you know, maybe a little controversy with him, though, was... The little mark on his uh, collarbone there. Everybody thought was staff, it was a staff infection. How is he fighting? And, and um, how is New York letting him go on? Well, according to Kevin Lee himself, it was an ingrown hair. But I'll tell you what, man. That was nasty looking. I don't know how he... How that was an ingrown hair. But congrats to him with that win. And like most of uh, the night, I was terrible with my picks. I think the only fight I got right was Jorge Masvidal. And that was only because of the doctor stoppage. 
But after that fight, we had Derek Lewis versus Ivanov. And this was actually a, a pretty entertaining fight. Two heavyweights. You would expect a quick knockout. But I'll tell you what. Ivanov, he, he took a lot of punches. And took him like a champ. You know, Derek Lewis threw a lot of good, uh, strong punches. But I, I do kind of agree with Joe Rogan that Lewis is dangerous now. If he were to add some type of offense with his left hand, whether it be a jab or um, you know a hook or something like that, and not have to rely so heavily on that right hand of his, I think he'd be so, so dangerous just because he has so much knockout power in that right hand. <clears throat> if he has a... a even a jab just to keep the, the fighter honest and also would help him figure out his range a little bit better so he's not wasting you know those those power punches that he throws set up that power punch you know if you got a jab that you could go two jabs to the body eventually the other fighters gonna start blocking those punches down below Leaving the, the head wide open. But Derek Lewis pulled out the win uh, by decision. It was a close one, though. It was a split decision. I think the second round I gave uh, um, Ivanov. And the third round, I, I believe, was close. But he won by split decision over. Lewis won by split decision over Ivanov. Then we had Stephen Thompson versus Vincent LeCou. Again, another good fight. Very impressive fight from Thompson. Um, I picked LeCou. I thought Thompson... I thought maybe everybody finally figured out how to beat the, the karate style he does. But he, he came up and he... You know, good movements. Um, and just land the points but again Luku took a lot of the, the punishment and unfortunately came out on the wrong end of the decision so that one you know like I said Stephen Thompson won by unanimous decision after that was the co-main event with the middleweight division between Darren Till versus Kevin Gastelum and to kind of backtrack the week of the fight, Darren Till was having some visa issues and was to the point that UFC wasn't sure if he was even going to be able to come to New York to fight and had possibly backup plans, backup fighters. No one really came out and confirmed any of it, but... But luckily, Darren Till made it to New York uh, Friday morning before the weigh-ins. But then Kelvin Gastelum had a little bit of a weight issue when it came time to weigh in. He, he just barely made weight. And before the weigh-ins, I actually had Kelvin winning because he, he should have been a tougher opponent for Darren Till, being that this is Till's debut at 170. 
And like we've seen with Kevin Lee, and like I said on last week's episode, how a lot of fighters have a hard time that first debut fight in a new weight division. You normally would want to see that fighter fight a lower-ranked opponent, not a top-five fighter. But Darren Till, tough fighter like he is, took on Kelvin Gastelum. And I picked Darren Till to win this fight because of the whole weight uh, weigh-in with Kelvin Gastelum. We see that a lot. That you know, if you, if they come in overweight and they gotta go to the sauna and knock off those extra pounds day of the weigh-in, it affects them fight night. Not saying it did, but it just definitely did look like Kelvin wasn't completely his self and there until he he was a very he was very impressive i i have to give him credit he looked like he was 100 ready for the fight even though as uh post press conference said that he was trying to figure out a way to to fake an injury so he didn't have to come out because he was scared shitless which you know, Diego Sanchez came out and called him a pussy and this and that and the other thing. I'm sorry. If you're not scared to get in there and you have no emotion, there's something wrong with you. Like, you, there has to be some nerves or, you know, Darren Till was scared or, you know, to call him a pussy and a bitch and all that. I lost a little respect for Diego. You know, I, I liked him. He was a tough fighter. He, you know, he's one of the... The original Ultimate Fighters from the early seasons, but Darren Till is a tough fighter. Once that that cage locks, I mean, there's no out. The only way you you get out is telling the ref stop the fight, and Darren Till didn't do that against Kelvin, and won the split decision. Again, I think I gave Kelvin the, the second round. Seemed like. You know, typical first round, they had a, that feeling out process, even though Teal was doing a little bit more of the aggression, if you want to call it that. But Gastelum in the second round just started to come on. But third round came and Till just pulled away with it and won by split decision. <clears throat> then it was time for the main event. Now, before I get into the fight, I, I got to put this out there. The whole lead up to this, that The Rock is going to bring the belt out and The Rock is going to put the belt around the winner's waist and this and that and the other thing. I was okay with that. You know, whatever. You're, you're building up this made-up fight just to make money. I'm okay with that. I could have did without The Rock standing in front of the mirror like this is Wrestlemania 45 or whatever and then I could have did without The Rock's music of him walking out like he just won the belt at Survivor Series I would have been okay with them just showing him at ringside with the belt in front of him himself but you know it is what it is Masvidal and Diaz come out. And I'll tell you what. Jorge 
I, I loved how he started off the fight too. Jorge starts off the fight, takes two steps, and then darts at Diaz like he's going to throw a knee and pulls back laughing at, at the knee that knocked out Ben Askren. That, in a way, was genius and hilarious. Genius because, hey, you never know. You never know if he's going to throw that knee. And seeing with Ben Askren, granted, even though Askren went for a takedown, it'll knock you out cold. First round, Masvidal just looked loose, looked good. Head movement, just picking Diaz apart, left and right. Diaz was getting a couple of punches here and there, but definitely had it a 10-9 round for Masvidal. Second round, pretty much the same thing. But a couple of the punches caught Diaz and cut him open. I believe he had the cut underneath his the eye first. Gave that one to Masvidal as well as a 10-9 round. But maybe a little bit closer. You know, Diaz was starting to get some... Some good punches in there, even though Masvidal was still keeping that pressure on. Third round came. The first half of the third round, same type of stuff that Masvidal, keeping the pressure on, connecting with the punches. But that second half, the back end of the round, at least in my eyes, it seemed like Diaz started to come on. Connecting, blocking some more of Masvidal's shots. And unfortunately, Masvidal did cut him open above his right eye, uh, right above his uh, eyebrow. Round gets over. I mean, I think Masvidal did enough to get another 10-9 round. So I already had it 3-0 Masvidal. And the cut that Diaz had over his right eye was was bloody. But it was a typical Diaz-type cut, you know, that we're all used to seeing. Like Rogan said, he has a ton of scar tissue around his eyes. And unfortunately, that's what cut open. They got their advice from their corners... Ref said, you know, let's go. They stand up. Next thing, the doctor gets called into the ring. Comes over, looks at the cut. Asks Diaz, is he, is he good to go? And Diaz said, yeah. And you could see the doctor go to Dan Margliata. Fights off. And you could tell Margliata didn't want to call it off. But it has to do what the doctor says. Called off the fight. Due to doctor stoppage. Even I was yelling. About the stoppage. Even at 12 o'clock at night. At that point. I don't think it should have been stopped. You know you look at the Tyson Fury. Um, cut and. Some other cuts that you've seen through the UFC. UFC that seemed way worse. Than what Diaz did. Or had. But when you see the pictures after the fight backstage it actually was the right call 
doctor is only doing his job of protecting the fire because again let's face it unless you're Todd Duffy no fighter is going to say no I don't want to fight no more when it comes to a big fight like this so after seeing those pictures you know what I'm okay with the stoppage I know a lot of Diaz fans were you know he does better in in championship rounds and this and that if you look at the stats though Diaz has never knocked someone out in the championship rounds because obviously he was behind on the cards and he would need a submission or a knockout to win this fight. If you look at Masvidal, he's never been knocked out in the championship rounds. So Diaz was way, way behind the eight ball. Huge hill he had to climb and I think it was the right thing to call I still think it was a, a good fight. Like I said, Diaz, towards the end of the the th- third round there, seemed to be coming on a little bit. But fight gets over. Masvidal, right off the bat, said to Diaz, "You know he'll he'll run this back. You know he'll give him a rematch." Not according to. Dana White. And you know what? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I will talk a little bit about what Dana White said as far as the rematch and what happened to Nate Diaz earlier this week. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your good friend Jibo from Stay Tuned Sports. Are you looking to get into writing or putting out podcasts to give your hot takes or your opinion about certain subjects of the major sports or even e-gaming? Well, head over to bellyupsports.com and send the guys a message to get some information about how you could join our family. I've been part of the Bailey Up Sports family since February, and I'll tell you what. It's a, a bunch of great guys and gals help each other all out. And don't judge each other about what we put out there. So if you're interested, head over to bailiopsports.com. Send a message to the guys. We're looking for writers, editors, even podcasters. So again, that is bailiopsports.com. Head over there, message them, and even read some of our articles. Welcome back to our MMA show this week. So before the break, like I started to talk about um, Diaz and a possible rematch with Jorge Masvidal. And unfortunately, even that night, right at the uh, post-press conference, Dana White came out and said 100% will not happen again. Um, the rematch for the BMF, this was a, a one and done, which I'm okay with. You know, it was it was fun while it lasted. I think maybe if there was anything that um, I was a little disappointed with, I thought there'd be a little bit more trash talk. But both guys just had respect for each other. 
um, from where they came from, you know, Diaz, the backyards of Stockton, Jorge Masvidal, coming from Kimbo Slice's Miami yards, you know, the, the backstreet fights and stuff like that. And then, uh, let's see, today is Friday as we record, I believe it was like Wednesday. Nate Diaz came out and said he is retired once again. Now, he... He even said right after the fight, like he could see all the the politics kind of going on. He never felt Masvidal would give him the the rematch. And on top of all that, I I believe I saw somewhere both fighters are taking home five hundred grand. You know, Diaz at 31, 32 years old, taking home five hundred grand for one fight. With all the cuts he always gets, I could see him actually this time around being done. I mean, before this, he fought Anthony Pettis back in April or so, or a little bit earlier on this year. But before that, he hasn't fought. He didn't fight since the Conor McGregor fight, which was three years ago. So even if he takes another three years off, he'll be 34, 35 years old. You know, most likely not healed with that scar tissue because it never heals. So I could see him this actually him being retired. And if it is, you know, up until the Anthony Pettis and the, the Jorge fight here, I never picked him, never liked him. But he did gain my respect over the years. He is a tough fighter. He is a bad motherfucker. So if this is your last fight, Nate, thanks for all the the good fights, and I hope you enjoy retirement. Now, staying on the the Jorge Masvidal and the Nate Diaz fight, after the fight, again at the post-press conference, Jorge Masvidal made the statement that he wants to take on Canelo Alvarez in boxing not in MMA in boxing I am so done with this well I I just don't understand why boxers want to come to MMA try it out and why MMA guys want to go to boxing and try it out they both fail miserably it's two totally different sports yes they both have gloves and yes they both punch but MMA as far as footwork and you know the way you set up stuff is totally different than boxing and vice versa. We saw it with Conor McGregor. I mean, Jesus, Conor was trying to do a guillotine on Floyd Mayweather during the mock boxing match. And I still think Conor has better boxing than Masvidal, even though I think Masvidal would win the fight. Now, a couple things that Jorge did say, let, let's just entertain the idea that they actually do set this up and they fight each other. The one comment that Jorge did say, which I think has a valid point, said he is naturally a bigger dude, Jorge Masvidal is, with boxing gloves I'm on, on, I'm not afraid of breaking my hand because I have that cast of tape on it, it would be extra harder. I feel I can I can be a legitimate threat in there. Plus, I'm a little longer than him too. 
when it's boxing, to me, the reach is 90% of the time going to be the winner. Unless you could get on the inside, which Masvidal has quick hands. Now, I don't know how much, how much of that speed will be taken off because of the heavier gloves. But even that, he does have a point there that MMA uses smaller gloves. And if you really even think about bare knuckle, who don't wear gloves at all, don't punch as hard because they're afraid of breaking their hands. Now, Masvidal could throw those power punches. I still think Alvarez wins in a boxing match. Now, if Alvarez came to MMA, I'm going with Masvidal because it's proven. One can't do good in the other sport. So I hope this doesn't come to fruitation, and I hope Masvidal fights either Connor or John Jones, for all Christ's sake. I don't know. You know, um, him looking for that big payday. And I think the big payday is Conor McGregor, even though I think we're going to see Conor McGregor versus Cowboy in January. And then who knows after that? Maybe he does get Jorge. You know, say in April. So, but before we go, we do have a UFC card on uh, tomorrow. I think I saw somewhere it says like 2.30 start Eastern time here because it's over in, in Moscow. And it's headlined by Zabit Magomedov Sarapov and Calvin Katar. I know I destroyed Zabit's last name and I apologize, but... We also have Alexander Volkov versus Greg Hardy. Finally, Greg Hardy gets some step up in competition. Kicking off the card, though, so we'll just we'll just jump right into it, and I'll give my picks. Which hopefully I don't have the same same type of picks as last weekend. So kicking off the main card at light heavyweight, we have Shamil Gamzatov versus. Klitson Abreu. I'm going to go with Shamil here. <clears throat> Again, I really haven't seen him. Abreu sounds familiar. I may have seen one or two of his fights, but at light heavyweight, you got to figure it's going to be either a knockout or a decision. This one, I'm going to say a knockout. We may see some good knockouts here because... It seems like they're, they're more entertaining when it comes to knockouts or submissions on the the fight cards instead of the pay-per-views. These, these young talent are looking to get on that pay-per-view, so they want to be they want to stand out. So I think Shamil is going to go with a knockout here win. After that, we have a welterweight fight <clears throat> between Ramazan Amiv versus. Anthony Rocco Martin. I'm going to go with Martin here. With a decision win. I don't think I've seen Ramazan fight before. I've seen Martin fight a couple times. He's pretty decent. So based off of my experience with Martin, that's why I'm going to go with him. After that, another light heavyweight bout with Hadis. Ibrugmuv versus Ed Herman. Ed Herman's good, but he's nothing great. 
I don't think you're ever going to see him be in a top three. Maybe not even a top five. So I'm going to go with Hadidas there. And I, I past couple fights of Herman looked a little sloppy in a way. So I, I could see him losing by a, a submission. After that fight, we have a welterweight division fight between Zalim Amadiv versus Danny Roberts. I'm going to go with Zalim here. I'm going to stick with the hometown crowd type thing here. And after that is the co-main event with Alexander Volkov versus Greg Hardy. Now, curious to see how Greg Hardy is going to try to cheat this time because his last fight a couple weeks ago he tried to use a, a puffer for his asthma which at the time he said was okay to use by the commission but then his fight got overturned to no contest because it wasn't approved to use in fight already the UFC came out and said that he cannot use the inhaler during the fight. My heart and my gut is saying that Volkov should knock out Hardy, but Hardy does have power in those hands. He has knocked out a lot of his opponents. I'm hoping Volkov wins just to stop this Greg Hardy um, you know, train as they call it. I mean, we saw it with Johnny Walker and, and Corey Anderson. So hopefully it happens to Greg Hardy as well. And then the main event, featherweight division, Zabit Magum Sharapov versus Calvin Qatar. Zabit is another one that has a hype train going. And I really think he's legit. So I'm going to go with him with a submission win. I don't know if you guys remember that one submission he did where he had the the guy's leg pulled up over his head, basically like stretching out that hamstring, trying to tear it. He's a he's another bad motherfucker. <laughs> I, I do not want to mess with him. So that will be it for this week. Uh, before we go, head over to Twitter. Follow us at ST Sports Podcast. Follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Head over to Facebook, like and uh, share all of our episodes, our page, and also head over to, to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. And don't forget, we are now on Pandora, so you can hear us there, as well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Spreaker, all of them. Uh, so, till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.